You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. Last week, more than 800 county officials from every county of New York State gathered in Albany for the NISAC Legislative Conference. County delegates at the conference advanced a series of policy resolutions aimed at tackling a variety of legislative and budget policy priorities impacting local governments. First, we'll hear from Stephen Aquario, Executive Director of NISAC, to talk about the top priority for counties this legislative session. The main theme here of this conference is keep local taxes local. We want to end the state's intercept of our sales taxes, and so that's going to be the main theme, the main push coming from these county officials to our governor and members of the state legislature. We need local funds to address local needs. Our seniors, all these non-mandated functions, 911s, emergency communication systems, veterans programs, uh, programs for our seniors, and infrastructure needs, uh, that's what we use local taxes for. The rest of our taxation, sales tax and property tax, is used to fund state programs and services. So very important for us to keep that local tax local. Joining us next is Martha Sauerbrei, president of NISAC and chairwoman of the Tioga County Legislature. Keeping taxes local is our theme, and we want to encourage the state to um, cease and desist taking our sales tax. It's very important because, of course, we don't want to pass on costs to the taxpayers. We want to do our very best, and it's a struggle if we have to give our funds away. So we do our best to provide services to the the, uh, people in our counties, and um, that takes money. Westchester County Legislator Benjamin Boykin reiterates the importance of local sales tax for local communities. Keeping local taxes local means that all the taxes that we could collect should stay within our communities for our infrastructure, for our social services, for affordable housing, and really to help those who cannot help themselves. It makes a great difference because we as taxpayers are the ones paying for the services. And since we're the ones paying for the services, those services should stay with us and help the people that we represent. With less than two weeks to go before the beginning of the 2023 state fiscal year, state leaders are working on the final terms of the spending plan that begins April 1st. Albany County Executive Dan McCoy joins us next to talk about what sets this year's budget process apart from previous years. I really want to commend Governor Hochul because she gets it. She comes from local government. She comes from cities and towns and villages. So she knows from our point of view what we need to operate and how easy it is for us to do it internally instead of trying to manage it on a statewide level. So uh, this is this is great news for us. And it's probably been far the one of the best budgets I've ever dealt with in the last 10 years as county executive. Next, we'll hear from Erie County Executive Mark Polencars for his thoughts on the budget. Well, we're always a little worried when the state budget comes out, but this year was a great state budget. This is one in which the governor made significant changes to some of the reimbursement mechanisms so that dollars that are generated locally stay locally, so that we don't have to help fund programs that in the past the state funded on its own. There were changes that were made in the Cuomo administration, but Governor Hochul heard from county governments, and she went back to the older system so that local dollars stayed local. For a NISAC overview of the state budget, next we have Stephen Aquario. 
Very positive state budget this year, unlike many, many years prior. Uh, this is a budget that we can be very proud of. This governor has advanced a spending plan that makes sense, that helps local taxpayers, that help, helps state taxpayers uh, now and, and in the future. So we're going to have to push hard, get this done, work with our legislature. Got two weeks to do it, and that's why we're here. During the legislative conference, the New York State County Executives Association held a press conference calling on the governor and the legislature to end the practice of diverting local sales taxes out of local communities. County executives are asking the state to ensure the final state budget agreement includes language that ends the practice, which has diverted more than $677 million in local sales taxes away from local communities and into the state's general fund. This is equivalent to $618,000 per day over the last three years. In a moment, you'll hear from Dutchess County Executive Mark Molinaro on the impact of this diversion. The uh, County Executives Association of the state uh, uh, met uh, just uh, a few moments ago. We had a great uh, conversation among uh, the now 18 uh, county executives across the state, Republicans and Democrats, up upstate and downstate. As we said uh, early on uh, today and have repeated many times these last uh, two years, uh, New Yorkers and Americans have come to know what the role of county governments are and uh, never before, uh, in fact, have county governments in New York uh, our role been clearer uh, to, uh, to residents, uh, families, and, and small businesses. The response to a public health crisis uh, and then rebuilding in its aftermath uh, is a direct responsibility in many ways of county government. And um, we have been uh, tremendously blessed to have uh, so many um, Republican, Democrat, upstate, downstate working together. Uh, we uh, convened today to discuss uh, the impacts of both uh, Governor Hochul's uh, proposed budget uh, and uh, the Senate and Assembly Majority uh, budget bills, uh, their impacts on county governments and the people we serve. Uh, first, uh, I think it's important to say that uh, county leaders um, universally agree uh, that this is a moment of uh, building and rebuilding trust between state and local government. Uh, it is without question uh, that at times over the last uh, decade, the relationship between county and state government has been um, combative at times um, and um, not always uh, collaborative. Uh, we have had a much better uh, uh, relationship with Governor Hochul and her, and her administration, at least confronting the issues that, uh, that we face. Uh, the governor's budget, as presented to the state legislature, uh, was one of perhaps the best we've seen in a generation. Uh, county governments uh, felt um, buoyed by it. Uh, we did not identify any major areas of concern except for perhaps one or two. Uh, the state uh, Senate majority and the Assembly majority released their budget bills last evening. Uh, there are both uh, areas of interest and benefit to counties and some concern. Uh, under uh, Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, the state of New York initiated uh, a diversion of local sales tax. Uh, the sales tax intercept uh, first uh, was uh, made uh, to support uh, the state's obligation to fund uh, um, uh, municipal aid, AIM. Uh, it was expanded by uh, Governor Cuomo to include uh, a uh, intercept of local sales tax, the dollars we collect and generate at the local level, uh, to support uh, state-identified distressed hospitals. Uh, many of these hospitals uh, are in uh, the city of New York, uh, but at the expense of about $50 million in sales tax revenue, uh, the state of New York uh, diverted those dollars for its purposes. Uh, we said then and repeat again today, that precedent is dangerous. Uh, we expressed that to the governor's staff and the budget office uh, again in conversations today. What that establishes is uh, really the governor 
any future governor or state legislature the ability, uh, if this door remains open, to simply divert local revenue uh, that is meant for highways, roads, bridges, the delivery of social services, mental health services, and the responsibilities we have at the county level. It allows uh, a future state government to divert local revenue for any purpose it wishes. And that can be extremely dangerous, in particular uh, during uh, difficult economic uh, conditions. Uh, we have um, uh, expressed our opposition to this. Uh, we have been met with at least a willingness to discuss uh, and hopefully uh, redress uh, the precedent. And uh, our goal is uh, to see it uh, come to an end. Uh, both the Assembly and Senate budget bills include an end uh, to uh, that diversion of sales tax for the counties. Uh, and we are hopeful uh, that the administration will embrace this and we can negotiate uh, to a conclusion. Uh, the other non-budget item uh, is the reality that our residents face. Um, uh, New Yorkers and Americans are facing the highest rate of inflation and uh, the highest uh, growth in energy and utility costs uh, in generations. County leaders understand this. We understand it really from multiple perspectives. One, we live in the community. We're making our, you know, we're doing, our, we're making our purchases as well. Uh, we also are responsible, uh, we are the most direct, if you will, connection to residents. Local government has that connection. So we're hearing, obviously, from our residents the concern that rising costs uh, is, a, is, a, is becoming a crisis. Uh, but we're also responsible for the delivery of social services. So those who need the help the most turn to our level of government uh, to provide uh, the assistance they need. There is uh, unanimity uh, and there is agreement among county leaders uh, that together with the state, we have to confront uh, the high uh, uh, cost of gasoline and the price at the pump. Uh, state law provides a few options for counties to consider. Uh, we are engaged in a very um, uh, detailed uh, conversation to identify what steps we can take. Some counties might act independently. The hope is that uh, county governments across the state of New York will embrace relief uh, to consumers at the pump. And uh, we hope in the uh, days ahead uh, that both uh, the state comes to some conclusion to address this issue uh, and provide relief and that counties together will have uh, a resolution that will pro provide relief to, to our consumers, our residents, and our taxpayers. As the first member in our 98-year history to go on to become governor, NYSAC was pleased to welcome Governor Kathy Hochul to address the hundreds of county leaders and officials in attendance at the annual legislative conference. Let's talk about you and my budget. Uh, I know you've analyzed it, and I know you're also watching uh, what the one house bills are. People, they have an opportunity to weigh in, and now uh, we sit down at the table and start, start working out the details. And so within a few weeks, you're working very hard to get it done by the end of the month and to give you the certainty. And why that's so important to me, as a local official, I remember trying to do our town budgeting, and we would not know whether there was any aid at all coming from the state sometimes until June, July, August. I'm not making, for those of you who are newer members, this is how life was. And so I know how important it is that you have the certainty, our school districts, our counties, our towns, our villages, that they know what the state is going to do. So that is why I'm going to continue working with my partners in the Assembly and the Senate to uh, be on time or very close to on time just to give our local governments the certainty they need. Also, there have been times when county governments were sort of, um, well, we won't go into details, but we're going to return the AIM money to you. I just want to get that out there. Uh, the 59, $59 million using state funds. We'll use state funds instead of local sales tax. I know you've asked for this a long time. I've heard about it for a long time, and I'm really happy to be able to deliver that. We're going to continue investing 
in the CHIPS program, $538 million, $100 million for the state touring routes, uh, the $150 million for paved New York. And I'm telling you, 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 you I'm, I hope you're relaxing tonight, Commissioner, because you're going to be so busy with all these projects. An additional $500 million for ensure that we have clean drinking water and water infrastructure. So I know that as a former local official, we're about the only people who get real excited about storm sewers and water lines, what's happening, the stuff that nobody else sees, but we obsess about this because we know that's one of our responsibilities is to ensure that it all functions just so people don't have to think about water lines, sewer lines, infrastructure, and the roads and bridges that have been neglected for so, so long. We're going to go at them and help you have the resources and we'll partner with you to get that done. And I also want to thank the federal government for allowing us this unique opportunity with the support they've given us, with President Biden and Senator Schumer as the majority leader, do not take for granted how influential he is and how powerful he is in directing money back to our state as well as the people who voted for the infrastructure bill. Whenever you see them, thank them because they've given us the opportunity to do what we should have been doing for a very long time. Also, in addition to infrastructure funding, uh, we're going to keep funding our programs, our social programs. We're going to take as much, as much of the burden off of you as we can. And that's something I really believe in. Also, something like cybersecurity. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most of you don't feel that you have the most robust, uh, highly technical responses to cybersecurity. Is that, can I, am I right about that? Okay. Okay. Let's help you out. Uh, this is something because we're interconnected. You sustain an attack on your system, either through the DMV or real property services. There's ways that you are connected to the state system. So we also have a motive to make sure that you're protected as well. So I opened up a cybersecurity facility in New York City, but I said, Let's give money to the local county governments so they can help build their infrastructure as well to protect against attacks, especially in this vulnerable time when we don't know what the Russians are going to be up to. We know that they're already attacking resources and facilities around the world, and it could be coming our way as well as we have critical infrastructure in our own state, power systems, the grid. We know our vulnerabilities, and I want you to know that we're going to continue partnering with that as well. Also, money for county public health. As we come through this pandemic, we're going to have to help our county hospitals and help people rebuild counties that were really denied services for a long time that helped their revenues. We have to help our hospitals. We have to rebuild the healthcare system overall. That's why I put $10 billion on the table because we saw that there were just not enough nurses and healthcare aides to help during this pandemic. And this was a problem before the pandemic. So we're going to help recruit and train and give them resources and help with their tuition and do whatever we can so never again are we so vulnerable that we're desperately looking for workers. And where I had to send in the National Guard to places all over the state just to give some relief to those overworked healthcare workers in hospitals as well as in nursing homes. So there's a lot of lessons we learn from this. And next time, and pray there's not a next time, but we have a lot of lessons that we've learned from this. And I wanna make sure that we're putting in the money now so we don't look back and say we did not seize the opportunity to make sure that we are never again vulnerable. I have a whole lot of other things to talk to you about, but I want you to enjoy each other's company. I hope that you believe that this is a budget that will be uh, help you do your jobs. That's what I want to do is make your lives easier because you have an critically important function, whether you're one of our larger counties or our tiniest counties who often feel they're overlooked. I'm the mother of a very large family. I have 62 counties. 
and I have to love them all equally, okay? I can't play favorites. And so even the smallest one uh, needs to know that we're paying attention to rural health care issues and broadband and making sure that there's affordable housing in every corner of the state and our larger areas that have crime issues and anxiety over um, what's going on in our streets and their larger cities. Uh, we understand all this, and I just want you to leave here tonight and know that, yes, you have a true friend in the governor's office. I've lived, I've walked in your shoes. I've lived your lives. I know that people look to you for leadership, especially during these tough, tough times. And we will get through. We are getting through this pandemic. We'll have a strong economic recovery. And in light of what's happening across the world with Russia's and Putin's invasion of Ukraine, we are going to see pressures at the pump, increase in prices. We're going to see inflation continue to go up. So our residents who've been through so much have to steel themselves for the next phase of what's to come. But they should go to bed at night knowing securely that they have leaders at the county level and leaders at their state level who have their backs. We will help them get through this. We will help this state recover and be stronger than ever before. I thank you for your friendship. Enjoy your fellowship. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of County Conversations for a recap of the 2022 Legislative Conference. Presentations, resolutions, and photos from the conference can all be found on our website at nysac.org slash legislativeconference. As always, make sure to keep tuning in to the podcast for more conversations focused on county government in New York State.